Okay. <clears throat> so we are now doing Thursday's portion of our Parsha Vayigash, and it's quite short. At this point, Yosef, Joseph has exposed himself to his brothers. He greeted them with love, with sympathy, with support. He tells them, go down. There's going to be another five years of the hunger. You have to bring Jacob and all the family back here so I can support you. They go. They tell Jacob the news. His spirit was completely revived at that point. He said, yes, he's going back to his son Joseph. So Jacob and his entire family, all of his children and grandchildren, they all are now traveling to settle in Egypt, knowing there's going to be another five years of the famine, that they need to stay in Egypt under Joseph's protection to survive. Now they're entering the land, and we're now counting, enumerating all these people that came. We're going through another of the family. So we start with verse 8 of chapter 46. We have Jacob, and we speak of his firstborn son, Reuven, and Reuven's children. Reuven had five sons. And the verse here says, these are the children, these are the names of the children of Israel coming to Egypt. Person could say, what do you mean coming to Egypt? Who came to Egypt? Rashi explained that this is how the scripture writes it. It's common practice to narrate the stories of the past as if they're unfolding now at the time of the narration. And then we speak of Shimon, and Shimon had um, one, two, three, four, five, six sons. And it says that one of his sons was Shaul, the son of the Canaanite woman. Well, who is this? We know that the, the brothers, the sons of Jacob, would never marry a Canaanite. So who does this mean? Raji explains it actually means Dina. <coughs> Dina is called the Canaanite woman because she, fortunately, was molested, had this relationship with Shechem from Canaan. And after they killed Shechem, Dina said she, she wouldn't even leave the place where she was. She felt so disgraced, so embarrassed to see anyone until Shimon, pro, until Shimon promised that he would marry her. And then she, she agreed to leave. Um, then it goes through Levi. Levi had three sons. Judah had five. He also speaks of his grandchildren here. Issachar had four. Zavulan, who had three. So all of these we're enumerating here are the sons of Leah. In other words, plus Dina. So all of the souls, if we're counting all of the descendants of Leah, which means the children and, of course, the grandchildren, are 33. Now, Raja points out something interesting. The verse says, These are the sons of Leah, whom she boarded Jacob and Padanaram, in addition to Dina, his daughter. So Raja says, Look, the sons, we're saying, are the sons of Leah. The daughter, we're connecting to her father Jacob. The sons of Leah and Dina, his daughter. The sons we connect to a mother, and a daughter we connect to a father. And the reason why Rashi says, this is of course quoting something from the Talmud, that when a woman sows first in a relationship, a child born is a male, or when a man sows first, a child born is a female. Of course, the question is, why? And um, the Midrash says it's like comparing it to two artists. 
each of whom is painting the other one's portrait. So when the male shows first, it's like the artist painting the female's portrait, the female's form. When the female shows first, he's painting the male's portrait, a male's form. That's a Midrash explanation. On a deeper level, uh, another commentary explains that man and woman are complementary beings, that each one finds the completion in the other. So to attain completion, the male must bear a female child, someone who's part of himself but complements him by adding the female dimension that he lacks. So the child is representing here the completion of the father and similarly with the female. On a Kabbalistic Hasidic note, Yaturev explains that a man has, obviously as his dominancy, the male element, the element of kindness, and as a more secondary, subservient element, the female element, the element of, of strength, of discipline. If a male is reaching out to a female to connect to her, he has to pull out of himself her element. If a female is reaching out to a male to connect to him, she has to pull out of herself her secondary male element. So therefore, whoever initiates the relationship and therefore is most impacting it, what that person is doing is pulling out their other nature to reach and connect to the other party. So the male is pulling on his feminine nature to connect to the woman and therefore a girl is born. And the female is pulling on her male nature to connect to the man and therefore a boy is born, which is why the boy, in a sense, has more attachment to the mother and a girl to the father. Now, Raji says these are 33. All of this, all of the descendants of Leah are 33. But if you itemize them, Raji says you actually only find 32. So where do we have 33? If you count all the names, you only get 32. Rashi says the 33rd that we're alluding to but don't have listed here is Yocheved. Yocheved was a child of Levi, but a girl, but not born before they came to Egypt, but not born in Egypt, because it says her mother gave birth to her like between the walls of the city right when they entered the walls of the city. So her period of gestation was completed outside the city. You can't say she was born in Egypt. You can't say she was born before Egypt. She was born right there upon entrance. And that's how we get this 33rd child that the verse is alluding to. Okay. Then we're speaking of the descendants of Zilpah. So there was God. And God had seven sons. And Asher, who had four sons and a, and a girl, and then they had some children also. So all of the descendants of Zilpah were 16. And then the verse speaks of Rachel. And it says about Rachel, the sons of Rachel, the wife of Jacob, Joseph, and Benjamin. So this is, she's the only one who's called the wife of, meaning we speak of Leah's descendants, Zilpah's and Bilhah's, all of these are Jacob's wives. But it says about Rachel, uniquely the wife of Jacob, because she truly was the main David's house. She truly was the main wife. That speaks of her descendants, Joseph, who had two sons, and Benjamin, who had ten so all of the descendants that Rachel bore to Jacob 
number 14. And then it speaks of Bilhah's children. Bilhah had a son, Dan, who actually had only one son, Hushim, and Naphtali, who had four sons. So all of the descendants of Bilhah were seven. So, if you add up all these numbers, remember we have the 33 from Leah, and the 16 from Zilpah, and the 7 from Bilhah, and the 14 from Rachel, so the verse concludes, all the souls coming with Jacob to Egypt, his own descendants, aside from the wives of his sons, were 66. And then, of course, we're going to include here Joseph and his two sons born in Egypt. So we come to a grand total of the entire household of Jacob is 70. So a few comments on this. First of all, it says here, all of the ones who came who are coming and the question is, how do you translate this word? Is it who are coming or who came? And as Rashi has taught us before, it really depends on where the accent mark is. Here, to make it in the present tense, we see the accent mark is on the last syllable, abba. If it's on the final syllable, we translate it in the present. All the souls who are coming with Jacob. If the accent mark was on the first syllable, it would be who, the second syllable, really, here are three syllables, would be who came. So this is, so this is, so why does it have to be here on the present, who, who are coming and not who came? In other words, on the final syllable, that's who are coming. If it was on the second to last syllable, it would be who came. So why is the ver- verse making this nuance to translate it as who are coming and not who came? Because, only once they arrived in Egypt, as we explain, when they have Joseph there and his two sons there and Yochevet who's born between the walls, only at this point do we have 70. Meaning when they were still, when they came, when they hadn't yet finished the process, so to speak, we didn't yet have 70 souls because Joseph is in Egypt, his two sons are in Egypt, and Yochevet wasn't born yet. We have 66. Then we have Joseph, 67, his two sons, 68, 69, and Yocheven, and that is how we come to this total of 70 descendants. The question is, some say that with every tribe, a twin girl was born. So where are they? How come they weren't counted? So Rashi says, it must be that they passed away because they were all Jacob's daughters and not one of them is listed here. So they must have passed away, otherwise they have to be listed. They're part of his descendants. We see, we mention girls, we mention Yochaved, we mention Dina, we mention Sarah Basasher. So where are all these other daughters? They must have passed away. Then Rashi adds a comment that it says that Asaph had six souls in his family. He had two daughters and four sons. And yet the verse says the souls of his household, in the plural, because they worshipped many idols, Jacob had 70 descendants, and the verse calls them soul in the singular, because they all worshipped one God. Now, this point, so the verse said, I just want to clarify this one final point here. The verse says the total of all the descendants is 70. If you count all of them, you only get 69, and Rashi explained the 70th, as I already said twice tonight, was Yocheved the daughter of Levi, born between the walls of Egypt. She wasn't listed on that listing because she hadn't yet been born. But once they were arriving in Egypt, she was born, so she's part of the 70. That's one explanation. There are others. 
Others say the 70th includes Jacob himself. So Jacob plus all his descendants total 70. Others say it's God because the divine presence accompanied the Jews into Egypt. So God's presence is also included. So all of Jacob's descendants plus God creates the 70. 